Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Here's a motorsport that I've just discovered that I didn't know existed, mm-hmm. uh, which Instagram offered me on a digital platter. Um, electric scooter, competitive electric scooter racing. You know the ones ah, that you you can yes you can you can borrow via app and go around cities and then discard them in front of. I don't know on pathways in front of old people. Yeah, in in a disabled parking bay yeah, or yeah. blocking the entrance to a library or something. Or in a bus lane in Paris, which I saw once. Someone just put it down in a bus lane and then just walked off and put their <laughs> phone in their pocket. You're thinking so, the bus is going to turn up any minute now and either trample it in rage or. It's just extraordinary how people can be such sort of casual pricks, isn't it? You just go. It doesn't. It would take no more effort to leave it somewhere else. No, no, no. But no. No. Like people who just can't. I saw a car the other day where it was taking up two spaces because they parked so badly that, that they were sort of diagonal almost within a space and it was encroaching into the space next to it. And it was really far back. Like it was about three feet back from the, where, you know, the sort of the curb that delineated the top of the space. And I just thought, that's someone who's so terrible at driving and finds it such a chore, they just can't be asked. They've no. just gone, oh, oh, I hate turning the steering wheel. Oh, it's so, oh, it's so annoying. I'm just going to leave it here. <laughs> just go, that, just, that's idleness, selfishness, and just being a prick, which yeah, is sort of like... it's quite a package. It, is, it really is. Um, in it's fact, it's a trim level. It's a, probably a trim <laughs> level. In some <laughs> what, what is it again? Can you repeat those pillars of, of... Idleness, selfishness and being a prick. Although I sort of feel like being, being a prick, it's like the being a prick pack encompasses, you prick get pack. free the idleness and the prick, <laughs> prick pack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, scooter racing. This was, was this a couple of weeks ago in London? There was a sort of inaugural electric scooter racing event I saw... Yeah, but Again, I think through the, through the socials was it was it anything to do with Formula E? Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, it, but it's I, don't know. I think the thing that uh, I, I I guess it does appeal to a probably a different demographic slash age group to me. But um, the thing that makes it a bit more laughable is because the scooters are very low and slender, aren't they? So all you're seeing is a is a person in full colourful. Like superbike leathers, mm. um, holding on to some very spindly handlebars, and all I'm doing because I'm looking at how low the you know the centre of gravity is and sort of how f- frisky they're getting and leaning quite hard. I'm thinking this is just born for high sides. There's going to be so many mm. high sides of people being ragdolled in Alpine stars suits. That's what I thought when I saw it. I was yeah. like, this is not really a motorsport. This is just a way of sort of synthesising. 
some rubbish accidents. Yeah. Synthesizing a load of grazed knees, except they are wearing leathers, aren't they? So well, that, they're I, probably protected. I, I'm glad you said that because I think in order to spice said new motorsport up, I think they should do it without any protection. Shorts so, and a t-shirt. Yeah, you should go for city life. So you should have the guy in the crop trouser and the very, very thin, almost translucent weave t-shirt. Mm. Um, so you can see the nipples uh, and the, the, the navel because he's going quite fast so that's sort of sticking to the front end. And he's got a couple of like gap year bracelets on and probably yeah, oh, some expensive sunglasses instead of a visor or anything. And he definitely doesn't want to come off in front of... He doesn't want to come off at all, but he doesn't want to come mm. off in front of his mates or millions of people live-streaming the event. Do you think they um, they have to insist that every competitor has a messenger bag over their shoulders as well? Oh, gosh, yeah, 100%. And you can, in fact, you can put things in the messenger bag to the way that, you know, there's a, there's a weight limit, so you have to... Oh, carries ballast in the message. Ballast it, so it's like, okay, now Josh, you're going to have to take one of those big MacBooks, okay, (laughs) because you need to carry a bit of extra weight because you're quite a slight guy. But Max, you're okay. You just have to have an iPad and a big notebook in yours, okay, and that's fine. And then everybody's also got to carry a um, one of those frozen coffees. Oh gosh, can you imagine that? And you're only allowed to discard the frozen coffee when you've drunk it, or in a holster. Is it on the bars or is it Are in one hand? Are they rideable with one hand? I I'm going to really say know. no. You'll instantly twist the bars and go chin over f- ass. I feel as if I have seen somebody riding one whilst holding a takeaway drink. Oh, that's so I'm London. That. So damn London. <laughs> it's so London. I, so, <laughs> I'm, I, as or, I'm leaving London, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm moving out uh, imminently in a few days. And um, so I've been sort of trying to catch up with a few people and do a few sort of Londony things and the, the other night I did possibly the ultimate London media wanker thing before I move out which is I went to the Groucho Club did you because a friend of mine yeah a friend of mine's a member there and we were going for dinner and he went let's just go to the Groucho Club I could, you know just get a table in the restaurant there and we walked in a few of us and we walked in and as we got to the restaurant one of our mates went uh, did everyone else see Andrew Ridgely back there? And I went, I don't, I don't think so. I don't. And I was suddenly going, you know, as soon as someone says Andrew Ridgely, your mind thinks of Andrew Ridgely in the 80s wearing a white T-shirt and, and you, well, white shorts. Yeah, and, like 38 years ago, Andrew yeah, Ridgely. Yeah, but I know what Andrew Ridgely looks like now because I've seen him and he's he's lost his hair, but he's, you know, he sort of still looks like Andrew Ridgely. So I went, well. Oh, we so it was down. him. It was really him. Well. This is the thing. Then our mate uh, went, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Andrew Ridgely. I'm starting to doubt myself now. So I was like, well, hang on, I need the loo. I'll go back through the bar and downstairs to the loo there, and I will see if I can clock Ridgely. And I walked through it. Sure enough, it was Andrew Ridgely, surrounded by three or four women. Just sort of, he was leaning on the bar, and it felt like he sort of just gathered a, cra- a crowd of women who were just. And he was there, and he looked very tanned and relaxed, and and he was just chatting away. And I thought, it doesn't seem like it's a bad life being Andrew Ridgely. I think it's, I think it's probably a great, a great life of Ridgely because post Wham, when George Michael decided to go solo, didn't he just hmm. retire and go? That's it. I'm, I think I'm done. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. He basically he. Gathered up a member of Banana Armour, and he 
just packed up his car. He packed and up he his Testarossa and he drove yeah. down. And he, <laughs> I was going to say a white Kuntash, but he definitely yeah, would have. He would have had a testy, white, white Testarossa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he and, packed um, it in and then driven to Cornwall. He drove to Cornwall and just went. That's me. I think. I yeah. think I'm all right. Going to go surfing, work on my tan, and I'm pretty okay with that. Because George Michael gave him a co-write credit on um, Careless Whisper, I think, but even though he didn't really work on it. I remember you and telling that me alone, this. I think this is the story, and that alone has meant that, you know, Andrew Ridgely will never starve. No. And um, it might have even been last Christmas. Maybe it was last Christmas, because I bet the royalties on that are solid. A colossal. From... From a from mostly from the December period, but uh, well, no it's, shit, Richard. It's, it's not going to be from yeah. the June period, is it? <laughs> no. Do you know what happened the other day? What? I had the my, <laughs> my daughter just went. Can we play Jingle Bells? I was like, what? It's May, and she went. I want to listen to Jingle Bells. So I, and she was very adamant, as four year olds can be, to the point where, you know when kids of that age, sometimes it's just easier to give in on minor issues. Hell yeah. Than it is to argue the point. And she, at the moment, is full of just insistent behaviour. The other week when she was... She's, she's told me that spiders can speak, and I had to talk her through why that's not true. Uh, she's all manner of opinions about snakes that don't make any sense. And then wanted to listen to Jingle Bells, and we put Jingle Bells on, and it was like having, I don't know, like a sort of weird out-of-body experience. Because it was sunny outside that morning. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, if this I doesn't like make that. any sense. It would cause no, it feels me weird. To, I'd have to reset the ECU. Do you ever remember? Did you ever have in the eighties or nineties? Did you ever have those jeans you were supposed to get in the bath wearing them to shrink them? Yeah, so they fitted around your specific did you ever, body. Did you ever do that? No, I didn't. Rich, did you? Yeah, it feels weird. Did you really? Getting into a bath with jeans on, it feels really, which feels wrong. It's like you're just you just summing up. But you had a wee while you were there. Well, no, because you're barely weeing through new jeans, aren't you? There's no. Yeah, <laughs> but it might that. help the shrink process. I don't know. Like, <laughs> no. no, no, okay, no. But it's just it's something that feels off. You go, it's okay. There's no law against this, but it feels something's off. It's because you, your brain's going. Wearing jeans, I know that feeling. I've worn jeans a lot, and it, the other half of your brain's going, "Getting in the bath." I've done that. That's a, that's a, not a new sensation, but combine the two, it's like Heston Blumenthal, sort of. You know, it's like, oh, I know what ice cream's <laughs> like, and I I know what chicken madras is like, but uh, chicken madras ice cream, what's going on? And it's a similar sort of sensation, just getting in the bath with jeans on, doing or, things that don't quite feel right, listening to Jingle Bells on a sunny morning. Yeah, I could I couldn't do that. I'm not sure well, it was like if I if I make a stand on this with my daughter, it's like I'm going to have to give in on something else. Like I don't know, Daddy can have an alligator. Is it like a convertible in deepest winter? Is that a, is it one of those type of things where there's something quite? No, but exciting. I like that. I kind of like that as well, but it's a challenge, and people will frown at you and go, "I don't understand." Although in the last two three days i've seen a range rover evoke convertible every day and it isn't the same one because i've been in completely different parts of the uk what yeah and they've all been the same color that kind of uh, orange doritos orange yeah Yeah. and um (laughs) and i've and i do like them actually i think it was a good shape but um it's been warm every day like warm enough for a cabrio and none of them have had the top down and it, it it enrages me Mm. 
It enrages me. Because it's so low effort to put the roof down on a modern convertible, isn't it? It's just like, take 10 seconds of your day, whatever it is, 20, push the button. I bet they've got the con on. And of course, that might upset me even more. But we can't (laughs) go go there. there. We can't go there. No, no, no. We we can't Uh, go there. Um, um, Well, (laughs) that's. I see. In the winter, I do enjoy because it reminds me of baked Alaska. The pudding, that sort of. If you get the heat cranked up in a convertible, and it's got heated seats as well, and you get that real sort of hot feeling, but the air around your head and shoulders is cold. So you get that real mismatch of temperatures, and I find that quite invigorating. Is it what's that Italian pudding? The is it affogato, where you have the ice cream and you pour an espresso over it that's still steaming ah, hot, and it creates yeah, yeah, almost thing, a yeah. crater, a very mm. caffeiny crater. Yeah, and I like that because you get a real and and usually I have it too late, so I'm coming on cam when I'm supposed to be going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying in bed with a very high idol. I'm, yeah, out. I am. I'm lying Shit. in bed. Yeah, you can actually hear your heart like a sort of Bosch fuel pump in a rally car or something going, yeah, come on, let's do this. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not ready. No, I shouldn't have done it because I've got to get up you know, fairly early. I'm, idiot, you've, you've ruined the, the metabolism. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, but, it, but at the same time, a lovely dessert uh, and probably worth the risk. But uh, yeah. Oh, Ridgely, going back to Ridgely a second. Yes. So he went down to Cornwall before it was cool to relocate Mm. to Cornwall. And if foreign listeners are listening to the cast, obviously Cornwall is down in the southwest of the UK, which is like the English Riviera. It's 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 calm weather, and it's the best, probably the best seaside locations we've got. Um, So the pointy bit down bottom bottom left bottom left bottom left the most um, southwestern. But you see, but originally went down there way before it was sort of cool to have a second home, probably down there. And he fully went down there from what I, I gather. So he went down there such a long time ago. Was it just him and possibly pirates that lived down there? And that's it. It was just the, <laughs> 50% of Wham and pirates. Yeah. It was pirates, smugglers, tin sorry, miners, smugglers. yes, pasty chefs, <laughs> and 50% of Wham. <laughs> What a combination. A hell, of, a hell of a party. I mean, imagine going into the local pub, except... It'd be a tavern. You'd call you it a tavern. In. It wouldn't be a called tavern, a tavern. Of course, a tavern. tavern. Or, if you will, could it be an inn? It could be an inn, absolutely an inn. Okay, but yes, a, a definitely a, a tavern. And uh, <laughs> I love the very, thing. very sort of gothic-y writing on the sign. Yes. And... Uh, you, ye would have walked in, and there's just a load of blokes in miners' helmets, uh, <laughs> a guy with a parrot on his shoulder, and and a very tanned man from Hertfordshire dressed all in white. What with shorts that are so short, you can sort of shorts. see the arch liner when he sits down. Yeah, yeah. You know, if a wi- <laughs> <laughs> like when you park a car on full lock and you can see inside you the wheel. You can wheel see all the bits like, you don't normally you see. Yeah. 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 Sure Andrew, to... pull your shorts down, mate. I can see your strut tower. Yeah, um, exactly. He's yes, exactly that. White tennis shorts uh, and and a, and a white t-shirt. Maybe he's still got the Choose Life t-shirt on. I don't know. One oh, of yeah. Those. Yeah, basically, he had when, one uh, when we split up, the uh, the record company said I could take a couple of boxes of these, so I did. Stuck them in the Testarossa on the way to Cornwall. He has. That's right. What an amazing thing! Yeah, he's caught the he caught the the strakes of the testy 
I would call if I had a testosterone, I would call it a testy. He's caught the strakes going down those narrow Cornish lanes. You know the ones that when you get down to the cove, he's caught it on a few kind of like bushes and um, yeah, verges. But it's it's okay. It still fully functions, of course. So it's it's absolutely fine. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, so Ridgely and some smugglers. What, what do you think? Scene? So Ridgely Ridgely was down there before Rick Stein. Pre Stein. Is Rick Stein from Cornwall? No, I'm pretty sure he's not. I, I feel like he's not. He's but. not. No, he's been down there a long time, and he's, he um, pretends he is. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like. I mean, possibly Rick Stein owns uh, what eighty six percent of Cornwall. I don't know. Um, high volume, yes. He's a high volume Cornwall owner, um, <laughs> but I get the impression. You know, it's like if I was Cornish, I'd just probably be a bit bored of hearing about Rick Stein. I mean, I remember watching. Yeah. A, I remember watching a, a cooking show of his once, and it was something like Rick Stein says, "Come to Cornwall or else." And I don't know, can't remember what it. Was. <laughs> and just he actually said with his own mouth, "I just don't understand why more people don't have oysters for breakfast." And I was out. <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> at that point, at that point, I was completely out. It was like, oh, this that's is Jingle Bells in May. Surely this is, your brain would be going, "What the? F- oh, it's fuck awful. Is going on here? Awful. Or I mean, yeah. I've." I know in Norway it's a delicacy um, and pretty common to eat things like a sort of mackerel. It looks like mackerel toothpaste for breakfast on, you know, like a, like a bruschetta type thing. Yeah. And I've tried it because I, I like these things most of the time, but not for breakfast. It feels too strong, a little bit too hardcore for breakfast. Meanwhile, Stein's getting cross and pointing at everybody because he's in his little dinghy. He's been out since 3am gathering up all manner of whelks and shellfish. (laughs) And he's just spooning them in and just shouting, I can't believe you're eating Frosties. That's horrible, you cheap bastard. You idiot, have a bream smoothie. It's delicious. (laughs) goes great with these breakfast pork chops that I've just cooked. He's going, what is wrong with you, Stein? Your breakfast roast potatoes look awful. Why are you doing Doing this, <laughs> he's yeah, he's a loose cannon. I tell you what, though, I went to Japan once, and uh, we had dim sum for breakfast in the hotel, and uh, that was initially jingle bells in May, and then by the second day, I was like, "Bring it on!" I'll do that. That been all the way. Mm, this is delicious. Um, so it's you know, stuff can be you can you can force your brain to accommodate this stuff if it if it works. But because yeah. I quite like a Scandinavian breakfast with your meats and your cheeses and things. I mean, I'm not sure about the fish toothpaste, but well, the other stuff, I do. I can quite get on board with. Yeah, that. my brother's very much a sort of savoury breakfast guy. He's if he doesn't do breakfast, he would be into that kind of stuff. Or that German bread that's so dark and dense it looks a bit like you've cut a piece of racetrack out and then just started eating it. (laughs) I I can't remember the the name of the bread, but I've tried it several times and I still can't get to grips with it. You just go, is this actually bread? It's an incredibly intense experience. Yeah, it's really intense. I, I, I'll, I'll look up the actual... Oh, hang on. I'm going to do a U, and I might Google live. Google Dark what? German in, in bread. Dark, intense German bread. It's very, very dense. Very dense. dense. I mean, too dense, quite Is honestly. Schneiderbrot rye bread. 
Organic oh. Schneiderbrot. Schneiderbrot. Yeah, or Black Brot. Forest so bread. Schwarzwalder. Oh. Black bread. Like Black Forest Gatto. Yeah, why is German bread so dark? It has high rye content, which leads to darker colour, denser interior and crunchier crust compared to lighter Italian or French breads. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. So, yes, yeah, you don't need much of it. You don't need much of it. It can catch you out. I, 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 would, I just think you don't need much of it at all. In fact, I would almost go to say that I, I would... I don't need it. I, I don't need it at all. I could live without it. Because I'll have the meats and cheeses, thank you, Germany, but not the... Schneiderblut. You'd have lots of smoked sausage in the morning. Or... Oh, you see, now there's a thing that I really like is um, uh, currywurst. Not for breakfast. Yeah. But as German delicacies go, I'm a big fan of the currywurst. And you... actually that white sausage that can look quite unappealing from a distance. <laughs> yes, but, it can. It can. I mean, like really unappealing, like yes. a dead elephant's cock or something. <laughs> but the... <laughs> The the ones I've tried that absolutely in delicious in cold yeah. water. Yeah, <laughs> oh, been there yeah, for a while. <laughs> you know, like when a body gets washed up in a murder mystery TV drama. It's that. Yeah. it looks like a finger or a an yeah. ankle of, just, of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like really washed out. Well, I I've tried it a few times, and it, it's because it's often quite sort of heavily seasoned and and it's delicious. How do we get onto this subject? I just can't remember. I have no I idea. Mean, because of Andrew Ridgely, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all Andrew, anyway, Cornwall. to sum up, Cornwall. Andrew Ridgely invented Cornwall, basically, uh, along with pirates and tin <clears> miners and. Pole Duck. He goes, he goes drinking with Pole Duck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right, that's what he does. It's all right. He, he, he says to. I can't remember which member of Bananarama he's married to. Is it Karen? I think it's. What about if it's Karen all of out. them? He st- said that's a sort of banana and a harine. <laughs> he just so he didn't have a Testarossa. He had a he had a four twelve Ferrari. Yes, because yes. he needed the, the extra. only one made in white and right hand drive, and with white leather. And he was like, "Right, girls, listen. If you're getting in here, you're gonna have to wear all white because I don't want to get any stains on the white leather." <laughs> So he basically he just he went into the Groucho. He scooped up all three of Banana Armor. Yeah. And they don't mind getting into the back of a two-door car, as we know from the of, Band-Aid oh, video where they're emerging from a from a golf. So they they're all no piled into the 412. Yes. Off to Cornwall. New life. It's Everyone's called a, happy. It's called a Lady Rari. He refers to it as a Lady Rari because it <laughs> allows more ladies inside. Uh, because, a two, you know, a two-seat is just not enough. But then so. of an evening, Sunday evening, for example, not much on the telly. Or Banana Armour, you know, they wanted to watch something he's not interested in. Yeah. He's like, I tell you what, um, Banana Armour, I'm just going to pop down uh, ye old tin tavern. Tavern, yeah. <laughs> have, a, have a couple of um, pints with Poldark. Yeah. Hoping Rick Stein doesn't come in. Can't stand that guy. Oh, really no, cool. what an absolute flute. Yeah. He's going to, well, no, he's going to, he's going to do a bit of, he's going to do a bit of medieval karaoke with the smugglers. <laughs> Well, with a loot, yeah, yeah. There's, there'll be all manner of very rudimentary um, musical instruments. So yeah, loot, crum horn, um, <laughs> sack butt. You know all the all the usual. The the thing that's not quite a drum that might be a drum. It's like a tambourine with all the bits missing. <laughs> you know the thing. I mean, <laughs> you hit it with a tree branch. That thing. Oh, no, it's not one of those ones where you, you hit it with a little thing that looks like one of those honey 
scoops. <laughs> sort of that. Or it, for some reason, you can't touch it directly. You have to use that little thing, but with both ends. It's, it's like a serving spoon or a salad fork or something. I don't know. But that's it. There's no backing tapes. Oh my just gosh, I just, I just drank coffee as you were, <laughs> and it reminded me if I only ever see those things in hotels, but they're really good. Those the honey, the honey twiddle spoon thing. Yeah, I love the honey, yes. honey twiddler. Honey twiddler. We've got one somewhere, I think, that we were given as part Have of you? a set of a set of shit. Yeah, I'll buy it's it one of those you. things. I'll that... buy it off you if you don't want it. I've been looking for one. It's just one of those well, things. I, I didn't never... say I don't want it. I just, I just oh, said that right, I don't, right, we, I don't. We don't really use it though because we have spoons. That, yeah. Well, no, because it is good. It's the kind of thing you'd get out if you had guests and you were being a bit fancy and you were having cheese because yeah. A strong cheese with a bit of honey is ooh, good that's combo. A, actually, that's a treat. That yeah, is a nice lovely. combo, and yeah, and, hell, yeah. Uh, and it's good to get the the honey. Now it's probably got a name, hasn't it? But I don't know what it is. Well, it's the, uh, the thing you also play an Irish drum with, or a, well, that's. I'm wondering if, in fact, someone gave us a, a drumstick for a small handheld drum, and we've erroneously been using it to scoop out <laughs> honey for when we have guests around. So yeah, um, Ridgely's doing. Very old school karaoke, yeah, and that's what he's into. Because of course, you know, back then Cornwall was the time, land that time forgot, so uh, there really weren't that many tourists. Um, were there not? Genuinely, I don't know. I, I feel like it's you know there now were, you there just were, know that were. Cornwall is absolutely packed with yeah. tourists, but <clears throat> I think but maybe... um, less so, less so. But yes, there were. I mean, like we, we, we. I obviously lived, grew up and lived in the southwest, but it's still a few hours away to Cornwall. But yeah, mm. you'd see there would be there would be all of the cars descending on the on the southwest for the, mm. in the hope of better weather and surf. I and I sand. know quite a few people who who like to go on holiday to Cornwall. Yeah, and all of them because I always go. Oh, every time I think about going to Cornwall, I just think I can't be bothered yeah. with the traffic and the aggro and yeah, lots of posh twats and I, I they always go oh the traffic's fine all we do is we get up at 3am and we set off then and it's fine you just go, I don't want to do that mm. I find that annoying if it's a flight never mind when you're in control of your own destiny in a car I just like I just can't be bothered I don't, get a- I don't mind doing the dawn raid but when you've got kids that's a trauma oh it's aggro yeah my wife won't do it she just won't do it no, and I know I families pretty, do do it a lot of families that go skiing do it Dad will drive through the night with a flask of I don't know Blue Zeus or something, and uh, <laughs> sorry, just, just stopping intermittently to order one of those Italian desserts. Oh, an affogato poured oh, over yeah. ice cream. So yeah. it's bit, you've got the sugar from the ice cream and the hit of. Oh my gosh! By the time thick, you get to the ski espresso. resort, you <laughs> right. Well, I won't be going to bed for the rest of the holiday, kids. So you uh, yes. are just just going nocturnal skiing I'm with just, a high idol. I'm just, I'm, I'm just popping into the Alpine dentist because I appear to have chattered all my teeth away on the way. <laughs> so just going to get some sort of mouth guard fitted, and I'll be right with you. Popping to the Alpine cardiologist because uh, <laughs> oh, it's really not slowing down. Getting a bit worried now. Um, uh, yes, what well, I well, I don't know what we were talking about before that. Oh, I was going to say. Well, so I've got a friend who's from Cornwall. He was born in Cornwall. Yeah, he grew up there until he was I don't know, sort of seven or eight, and then his family moved away. But 
his wider family still lived down there. When his uncle died, uh, he inherited his cottage, so he still owns that, and he goes back there a lot, and he's still got family down there, and he sort of thinks of himself as Cornish. But yeah. because he moved away for a bit when he was a child... He is very much regarded as an outsider well, yeah, he, by his own a holiday, family. He's regarded as a holiday maker. Well, that's it because he doesn't live it. there now. He's no. yeah, and he's like so. He, and I think it, it sort of it slightly um, upsets him because it's like in his heart he thinks he's Cornish, but yeah. the Cornish don't think he is. Well, maybe it's the same. If I was to, I've said never say never about me moving back towards Somerset, the homeland, but I mm. feel like I'd probably re- be regarded as a bit of a holiday maker. Because I haven't been there since I was eighteen, you know, I left there when the internet was at its fledgling stage, and, uh, <laughs> and so. Okay, but I don't know where this conversation is okay. going. I'm still thinking about Poldark doing, um, I don't know, like a medieval rendition of uh, "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi, but um, obviously with a bloke absolutely wanking the loot in the background. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Wanking the loot. Yeah, you know, down on one knee. Yeah, Gibson what, flying. Doing, a, doing like a Gibson flying a loot solo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how many strings of loot's got. I think it's got quite a lot. But has it? I, I think so. I think. Oh, I don't know. Someone, a listener um, of this show, will know exactly how many strings a loot has. They're sort of a bit twatty loot, aren't they? <laughs> just, sort of just go. Why have you learnt that? How, it's not relevant. Why have you done it? It's like people who ride unicycles. You just go, why are you doing it? I mean, it's, sort of, it's interesting to see, but why? What got you into this? As opposed to the many other ways that you could get I around. Was thinking about a, I was thinking about a unicycle the other day, because, you know, it's front-wheel drive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. if you had an enormous amount of leg-cranking well, power, you might be able to do a burnout. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mm, or would that not work? I, I think that wouldn't work, even if you were on a very... Skiddy Cornish Road, because Going if up you're a hill. just if you're wheel spinning on the spot, I'm not sure you're then maintaining the sort of centrifugal force that you've is got all your weight over the front wheel as well, haven't you? Really on a on a on a unicycle, so it's good good grip potential. Someone cleverer than me will write in and explain the physics of this, but I sort of have a feeling that a a static unicycle isn't going to stay up. Of course it isn't. Um, I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about the balance element. What an idiot! So yeah. So Paul Dark used to, is not gonna. He's gonna leave that parked in the pub car park next to 
next <laughs> next to Ridley's strength damage testy. Do they um do they make mountain unicycles so that you could you know you could ride the coast path home? Do they? No, I don't know. I oh. bet they don't. I mean, what, what would you do? How would you ride up an off-road course in a, on a unicycle? Know. I don't know. Maybe they do. Okay, which one do you look more of a bell riding? A unicycle or a Segway? Oh. Because uh, I, I, it's a difficult one. I thought you were going to say a recumbent bicycle. Well, recumbent, I, I actually got quite a lot of time for it, although I do think it's a bit of a time bomb for a road traffic accident, so I would, I probably wouldn't <laughs> ride one. But they always have those incredibly tall flags on the back, don't they, for exactly that reason, because yeah. otherwise they, they become sort of invisible below other cars and things. I would have a poster on the front of, like, a cow walking towards you, so that... Because you never see the flag; it's too high in the air. Your eye line doesn't really pick it mm. up, unless it's mm. I don't know, got a, a, a raccoon's tail on it or something. Um, so yeah, but I would quite like to see. I'd like to see a quadrophenia spec recumbent bike. I'd like you know, with so many mirrors that it's actually six feet wide, so you can't drive around it. It's the width of a car, uh, and it would really annoy people. It would really annoy people. Yeah, yeah, and you've got a cycling top with a load of sort of the Who style artwork, kind of like RAF plane spec. I I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's but essentially it's still just a recumbent, still a recumbent bike with loads of mirrors. You know, like thirty mirrors. Thirty, yeah. Oh, at least, yeah. I mean, I mm. no. Well, anyway. Again, I feel like we've somehow this is. We were supposed is, to talk about something in the news this week. I thought we agreed that there's a chance we might talk about something timely, but I actually forgot what that no, was. No, it's because we forgot uh, to talk about the that Merc that was sold for a huge amount of money the week before last. Oh, yeah. Uh, which uh, it sort of feels like it's not a news story so much anymore. But yes, we were gonna we were gonna mention. Um, Should we talk about it or not? Just a really expensive. How much car. was it? The world's much? most expensive <clears throat> car, one hundred and fifteen million pounds, I think. One hundred thirty-five thousand, hundred thirty-five million euros, I think, was the really hammer price, as people say. Was it hammer price, or was it? I actually, don't know if they went to auction, did it? Or did it just get arranged? I bet it I just know. got I arranged. Like I'm just talking toss. I bet it was. Yeah, one hundred and fourteen million pounds. No, one hundred and fifteen million pounds. Oh my word. Um. It's uh, we did we did go for auction I think, hang on. This is uh, Look, it's, again. It's, I mean, when people are looking for car news, it's it's no wonder they immediately they, turn to this podcast. They come to this podcast for for news. That's this is hard hitting. We've already talked about, um, yeah, loots. We've talked about Rick Stein eating oysters for breakfast. Andrew Ridgely, yeah, yeah. Cornish, yeah, yeah. Ridgely in Cornwall. I mean. What more does one want? Yeah, so the, the SLR... It was sold Erhenhardt by... Uhlenhout. Um, see, I, I, every time I see that written down, I just see umlaut, which is not. Oh, it's it's the, named after um, the guy who designed it. The umlaut Rudolf. coupe. 1955, yeah. 300 SLR of two, two, two in existence. Yeah, so oh. Mercedes, Mercedes had both of them, and they've now decided to sell one of them. And the money is supposed to be going to a like a foundation they've set Look up. Look at that! So to yeah, train engineers. It was an invitation-only auction. Auction, sorry, mm. sorry. Let's say auction. Auction. O c t i o n. Gosh, yeah. So 
The previous record of a car being sold was something like 40 million quid, I think, and it was almost certainly a GTO Ferrari. Um, uh, I don't it? know, actually. I think, yeah, probably. Almost, it usually is a GTO, isn't it's it? It's usually I mean. I saw, around about sort of 35 to 40-ish million quid. I think that's always, in my head, that's always the most expensive car that's ever sold. 250 GTO. Mm. It's 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 Nick Mason. He keeps selling it and having second thoughts and then going, oh, <laughs> but there's nothing else that could possibly replace it. So he phones up the owner he's just sold it to and go, look, I'll give you 10% more. Can I have it back? I'll give you 10% more. And he's like, what? Okay. I mean, all right, whatever. I've made loads of money in about 24 hours because Nick just keeps changing his mind. So, yeah, Nick Mason's car, it's it's an eight-owner 250 GTO, but they're all Nick Mason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why he's still touring. Ooh. He just needs to keep the money coming in to fund his indecisive GTO habits. Yeah, it's nothing to do with multiple marriage issues or anything, which is usually the case. It's just to do with, oh, I shouldn't have sold it. Damn. Okay. I don't think it is with him, actually. I think he's been married to the same woman for ages. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Well done him. That's probably not easy. Well, he's not your typical rock star, <clears throat> is he? Because he's, he's much more sort of... I think not sedate. Sedate's the wrong word. Um, quietly cerebral man. Yeah, and, a bit like uh, Brian May. He's yes. May's he's quite uh, you know down to earth. He, I think he appreciates life to to its full, but he's quite a wholesome guy, not a mm. shallow sort. Yeah, I, I'd always um, got the impression that when Freddie Mercury was like, right, I've ordered ninety-seven kilos of cocaine and some of the world's finest champagne. And when everyone gets here, we're going to have a party. And Brian May would go, I'm off I'm to bed. go in the other room and read a book. Yeah, yeah. no, I've, gonna, okay. I've got a lathe yeah. around the back. I'm going to make another guitar. <laughs> I thought we established some time ago in, in one of our videos that Brian May can't use the Queen lathe because oh, yes, he's extremely of... flammable because of his large, visibly dry hair. His <laughs> hair getting caught in the in any machinery, but also did he used to wear a very thin tie? And again, mm. extremely dangerous around Sh- power Extremely tools. dangerous. That's he can't use anything, yeah, anything with the moving, you know, moving sort of parts. Roger Taylor again, because of his silk scarves. Oh gosh, awful, um, awful. Freddie's too off his face, and this is why I think we established before that John Deacon was the only member of Queen qualified to do, do you- any sort of machining. <laughs> to use a lathe yeah <laughs> that would be a great <laughs> pub quiz question who out of queen could use a lathe and not die <laughs> <laughs> but then these days of course we've got other machines that can do it so to be honest brian brian whilst he's reading a book he just feeds a bit of cad in into into the computer and he's got a six-way cnc um, machine in the garage that's you know water cooled and it's a massive cabinet. So you could CNC machine a, a Gibson Flying V in a matter of two hours. So by the time he's finished another book about hedgehogs, um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got, hedgehogs in space. Yeah, he's got himself His a titanium. Yeah, he's got himself a titanium billet Flying V that's I don't know worth about one hundred and sixty thousand quid. When you every time I hear the expression CNC milling machine, yes, I I cannot separate it in my head from CNC Music Factory, who did things that make you go, hmm, yeah, an excellent song. That you're you're Um, dating your your age quite specifically mm, by mm. oh yeah. Hey, now listen, I, I I don't mean to embarrass you, but I had to bring this up because two shows ago we were talking about or we were trying to work out whether we were both Generation X, yes. or if you were a millennial because you're younger than me. Yes. 
and you said that you were born in 1977. Did I? And after you did, and it's in the show. People go back and listen to it. And I was listening back to the show. Yeah. And I suddenly went, hang on a second. You're not. You weren't born in 1977 because I know you weren't. No, because no, I wasn't. I, you were born. You were born the same year as my brother, and I remember <laughs> your 40th and the year that it was. Oh my gosh! So I got my own age wrong. I know. I'm a, I'm a... And I listened back to it. I listened back to it twice. And I was like, did he? Did he really say that? But I'm, I'm absolutely certain he's not. He wasn't born in 77. He was born in 79. Yeah. And... Oh my gosh! I'm a premium thickie. But you're still Gen X, though I believe you're just you're just you're like late model. You're a late. I'm the run out, so they they threw yeah. a load of extras on. I had the sunroof that swivelled out, and I had um, probably vel- velour, yeah. probably a couple of extra stripes and mud flaps as well, think, with the logo of the car company on. Yeah, and a a VHF radio. Oh, that would have been great, wouldn't it? There's a, a question player, actually. This is a question for maybe listeners who want to. Um, communicate or whatever or even just while you're listening to this you could just think about it what car what what car <laughs> sorry that sounded really awful no, it's good. here's a thought exercise yeah okay listen guys look here's a thing think of the year you were born what car that was new then that you would love to own do you go oh, i'd have a bit of that it's the same what, that, that came out in the same year as you Probably came out. I'm going to say probably came out. Yeah, yeah. Or an yeah, an edition of it maybe. So if it came out the year before, but they did a a different engine or a a trim derivative or that well, that's one. That's one that's quite cool, isn't it? It's a good deal. That is. Well, just yeah. for people like us who like to daydream about silly automotive matters, that's a downstairs toilet uh, brainstorm right there. Mm, I think it? I've got Jag XJS in my. Um, oh, have you? What's the word? You know, gang, side, G- team. Gang. <laughs> Got it in my gang. But I think also the Austin Princess. I, I'd probably go XJS over Princess, <laughs> but it depends. <laughs> oh, I don't know. A friend of mine's got, um, got to have the straight six Princess. Was it HLS, I think? Um, yeah, yeah. I drove one of those. I drove the one that we used for some filming on Top Gear, and it was a surprisingly nice car. Very smooth. Yeah. Ooh. So don't, don't, the Princess was a new launch when you were born? The princess came out in seventy five, yeah. Because um, oh, look at that! But uh, yeah, I don't know. Seventy nine though. Y- you, oh, what would you? Have? You, uh, well, in fact, because I bought you a model of this for your birthday, you did. didn't I? Is, is, uh, the W one two six S class? S class seventy nine. That's right. Safest, car. most advanced car in the world, wasn't it at the time? Crumple zones yeah. and all that ABS. Um, I would like one. I've never owned one, and I've nearly owned one. And I should have bought one when they were—they were nothing. They—they they were buttons mm. for years. Um, that would be cool. And in my head, I keep thinking about the first right-hand drive Golf GTI Mark One. Ah. Couldn't buy a Golf GTI before that in in right-hand drive form. So the early ones were four-speed, I think. Four-speed and single headlights still. Single they? headlights, they look so, quite low-key. Yeah, well, maybe steel wheels too. I think so. So, so I'm I'm thinking that could be quite swish. But then again, do I just? Yeah, I mean, a one two six Mercedes S class mm. is quite a thing, and it stood the test yeah. of time, didn't it? It really. Did. I almost bought one as well. There was one for sale not far from where I lived at the time, yeah. about twenty years ago. But it was a four thirty, so four twenty. Yeah. And I was very seriously thinking of buying it because it wasn't a lot of money. No. 
at the time relative to what you're getting. But then I did a bit of reading up and asking around, and the general consensus was that that engine's a bit of a shitter. It's compared it's the to the 500 one. or the 300. Yeah, it's a bit of a compromise because I think they basically, um, they, they, I don't know how they did it, sleeved it down or something, the, the 500 V8, and it's just not as good. No, it's not. So um, not that then. But <laughs> that's why I didn't buy it. I got cold feet. Yeah. I got cold feet and I went, well, it's fine. I'll just I'll find a 500 then. Why not? Or a 560 even. Let's go Let's go full. Did you ever watch, full, full out. Did you ever watch the car cave that I did on the late break show? With the guy that collected Mercedes, yes, and uh, he had some really unusual spec one two sixes, really odd, you know, like hubcaps, <laughs> and he had a um, oh yeah, and he had one of he had an American American import turbo diesel one mm. in such a Larry color, it was amazing. Blimmin loved those. I, I'd quite like I'd I'd quite like to import a turbo diesel one actually, and run it on veg oil. Used, used yeah. Virgil. Yeah, no. I'm not mad. <laughs> not just going down to little no. and buying a trolley full of fresh stuff. Um, yeah, I, go. I that, don't know. Well, that's the I quiz. bet that it's... turbo diesel's not great, though, is it? No, it's In terms of the smoothness and power and all of those other things no. that the other variants have. I think lots it's. Of. I think it's probably we could use the term here. Not all that. I think that's probably. Yeah. It's probably. Not I just. All I that. do. I have. I, I mean, I'm saying, oh, I'd love a you know 500 or 560 S class, but I've, I wonder what the 300s like because I I've forgotten until recently how much I like a straight six. I love a straight six. I I, I would say I, I would I would have one in a six because I think you know it's less ma- less maintenance, Ooh. yeah, good smoothness. Are you going to drive it like a C next Tuesday? Probably not. So no, just tool around. Mm. I'd be down with I bet that. it'd be I'm trying to think have I driven I must have driven stuff with that that Merck straight six in yes and it's just because uh, I drove that new Range Rover that new Range Rover the new Range Rover and that uh, new Range Rover. The, the most pleasant engine that you could be perfectly happy with is the petrol straight six is it it's just delightful yeah it's really nice really nice the engine. six the straight six seems to be having a bit of a renaissance which I well I think it's because of the incoming uh, event of hybridization of various sorts and it's a bit easier to package stuff in a bigger car yeah if you assume you've got the bonnet length to stick your straight six in mm. then it gives you more width between between the arches so i think that's why uh, Merck have gone back to straight sixes jlr have gone back to straight sixes and bmw never left yeah and i think that's why it's probably partly a packaging thing can, can they start making very small displacement straight sixes? I'd, I'd quite like that. <laughs> I wonder what's... Because the smallest V6 in a sort of mainstream production car was always supposed to be that 1.8 V6 in the Mazda the MX-3. Mazda, yeah, which I, I, I but, probably said this in a previous cast. I nearly bought one of the... an MOT failure, one of those, just to take the engine out and have it and put it in a cupboard for a day. Have it. <laughs> just so that one day I could put it in something else because I wasn't particularly interested in that, that that Mazda, but I was interested in the engine. I thought I'd make a lovely Would you, engine for something. Could you have put it in your Allegro? Don't say that. Well, I'm just wondering because I know you've had packaging problems with your original Honda V6 plan. Yes, I have. But would the Mazda unit have been small enough to get around those issues? Yeah, it might have been. Uh, and I hate. I think p- parts for that engine 
and might be a problem, a bit like the C27A. Mm. The problem with the C27A, and I don't like to talk about deep Vs again because I know we've been down <laughs> that road on on this cast, but the that, that Honda Legend Rover 827 V6, the V is actually very, very open, which makes the engine very wide, whereas really you, want, right. you do want a deeper V, actually. Um, so, yeah. Uh, just in case anyone ever wants to to know that there there are some V engines that are very tight, and that's good obviously for packaging for purposes. That's why things like uh, VW VR6 engines are quite compact. Well, so is it because the that um, that C27A is it's ninety degree V6, which is a yeah. bit weird. Yeah, it's wide. I wonder why it was. Why was it wide? Because I thought the sort of your optimum angle for a V six was sixty degrees. So yeah, I don't really know. I know that the the that old knacker of a PRV engine that's in DeLoreans and various Renaults and Volvos and Peugeots, that's a ninety degree V six. But that's because they were planning to do a V eight, sort of using the same tooling. Yeah. So they went, all right, we'll do it for the optimum V eight angle, and the V six can just be a bit cack. Yeah. But I don't know why. Why would Honda, unless they were planning a V eight, but. It's, it's yeah, a good question. It's strange. It has an it? awful lot going on inside the V. It, does it? Yeah, it does. In terms of you know, inlet, well, like plenum, a meeting room, there's and loads. A, and a branch of boots. And yeah, sorts, there's a yeah. yeah, that's true. There's a there's a, a, a roof terrace as well. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. This time of year, it's perfect. It's but you get a bit of heat from yeah. the block, but it's okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of that going on. Did I tell you speaking? Of deep V's. Oh gosh! After we chatted about it on on the show a few weeks ago, I pulled out off the internet a picture of Michael Douglas, the king of deep V's. <laughs> Michael Douglas in Basic Instinct, and that scene where he goes to a nightclub in a very deep V with nothing underneath. With nothing underneath, yeah. and I pulled that off the internet so that I could put it in the show notes that we do for patrons, <laughs> just for people who are maybe unaware of how deep Michael Douglas's V was in Basic Instinct. <laughs> Now, somehow, normally I just yank the photos off the internet, stick them on my desktop, and then upload them to our Patreon. <laughs> somehow, that picture accidentally ended up in a different folder. Right. And it was the folder full of pictures of our new house. What? Which is shared with my wife in our Dropbox. And my wife was showing some people she works with. <laughs> they went, oh, show us pictures of your new house then. They're in a social situation. She went, "Oh yeah, I've got, I've got someone. I can pull them up on my phone. Here you go. Look." Just and she just handed her phone to the guy who owns the company she works for and went, "Just scroll through. They're all in there." And he got to the picture of Michael Douglas in a TV and just went, "I won't ask about this one." And my wife went, "What do you mean?" And he showed her. And she's like, and she just went, "I think that's something to do with my husband." Now I've never met this bloke, so now I don't know what he thinks I'm like. But strange, I presume, because of Michael Douglas on your on your Dropbox. Yeah, for, for I mean, even my wife, because she couldn't explain it, and she just said she went. I assumed it was something to do with you, and I went, yeah, it was. And then I sort of slightly too hurriedly explained why I'd got that picture. Yeah, and she just went, it's okay. A, yeah. And I went, yeah, but you will explain it to him, right? And she went, no, not really. The moment sort of passed, and I was like, no, but he's going to think I'm really odd. And she's like, oh, it'd be all right, it'd be fine. The king of deep I think he's already. I bet it's not really as deep is. as I remember. I haven't looked for a while. But. It, I have to admit, when I looked it up, it wasn't quite as deep as I remember, but it's still it's, deeper than I think is socially appropriate. It's of its, it's, of its time. It's of its time. <laughs> but is it, though? I mean, what time? I don't remember bees being that deep, because I do remember watching that film and going, that's a bit of a deep V, isn't it? It didn't... Oh. You didn't go, 
He's looking cool. Okay. In line with contemporary fashion rules. Here's a question for you. If you had to climb into your sports car and drive somewhere today, and you Mm. had to wear one of these garments, would you go Douglas Deep V, or would you go Ridgely (laughs) Archliner tennis shorts? Oh, I think I'd go Douglas Deep V. Would you? I couldn't. I'd have to go for the Archliner tennis shorts. Really? (laughs) I'd feel very self-conscious in the Archliner tennis shorts, I think. Can you imagine if you and I were undercover policemen and we were... (laughs) 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 And one of us had the Deep V, one of us had the revealing tennis shorts and we're on a stakeout in, I don't know, let's say an insignia. Um, yes. Or a Buick. Let's is it what, what are they called in America? Buick Lacrosse? Yeah, uh, Buick Regal. Uh, Regal. Yeah. Regal. They're the Regal, aren't they? Um, yeah, one of them. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> but then, we, this cop show of ours, are we constantly getting called into the boss's office and uh, bollocked uh, yeah. because of our, our, our attention grabbing undercover clothes yes. that are, in fact, useless. And I'm always putting one foot up on the chair when he's talking to oh, us. Oh, God. And he and he's, <laughs> puts it down against me. Yeah, and, I'm, and he's cocking an eyebrow and going, Stop it. Stop it. And you're truffling on an affogato, the third of you, the morning. In your DV. Because your deep V my, is Italian, my... very expensive and Italian. Oh, it's like merino, merino wool. Very, very thin, but beautifully but, tailored. Yes, and, and, a, and a bright colour. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm thinking like of, a mustard yellow, perhaps something like something that makes you look like you're from a, a more exotic country than what you really are from, because you're living a lie, mm. of course. Uh, you're yeah. an undercover cop. Um, and then my, but then my sort of extremely. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't because if we've been outside at all and it's it's sunny, I'm going to end up with this sort of a V tan, tri- tan triangle. Yeah, <laughs> we're Come not. On. I don't think we'd be very good at being police people. No, I I really don't either. But <laughs> but uh, anyway, that doesn't that doesn't matter. Oh, I, actually, uh, since you said, it just reminded me when you said uh, getting into your sports car and driving for some reason yeah. but, um, did you see last week someone uh, put on Twitter a picture of a new shape Land Rover Defender with the number plate Orbison I did and I thought that was uh, just weird like I, pre- I suppose other people do have that surname but even so that's pretty remarkable yeah. that uh I mean, it did just read Orbison, though, didn't it? It didn't. It, it yeah, looked I very convincing. I'm trying to find it again now, and of course I won't. But it would. It it definitely just just sort of say Orbison. Um, and I like the fact the person who I found it. Here we go. Okay, so the person who put it up uh, is their their Twitter handle is Rugbuddy. I wonder if this is a company of some sorts. Oh, yeah, Rugbuddy. Brackets B Warmer Limited. Home of the amazing rug buddy under rug heater. What? I don't know. Well, there we go. Anyway, thanks for sending us that Land Rover picture. You just got a free plug for your company there. Yeah, um, brilliant. But I, I, you've earned it because they just uh, they, the tweet that accompanied the picture just said he drove all night and um, and yeah, but it's it's a it's one of those new defenders, and the plate is O R B one fifty N. Oh, that's just Orbison. That is pure so it Orbison. Says Orbison. Yeah. He drove all night. We can't so, go on about Orbison again. Uh, no, I know. We've got a, I don't to know. Get to you. Orbison amnesty to go along with the Marillion amnesty that we <laughs> currently have in effect. We've and, mentioned um, it. You've actually said it. Stop it. 
Yeah, sorry. Uh, and there was something else that I thought we shouldn't mention, but it's okay because we haven't mentioned it. <laughs> you <laughs> just, I don't know. We need. Some, I don't. I don't know. Uh, we need some new material. Uh, well, anyway, um, on that note, we should probably just uh, start to work this one down through the gears. And uh, uh, before any engine before, braking, are you going to do police style engine braking? Some, yeah, they're always in one gear too high, aren't they, or too low? Too low. Uh, for, for, for extra throttle response. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they still do that, though. I don't, I don't think they do. You know, they're probably driving cars now that have got sort of turbocharged engines for the most part. Or paddle shift auto. Oh, paddle shift so auto, So you could just, yeah, you know, there's so, so many gears. If you squeeze the throttle, it'll just clog down two gears for you in a matter of milliseconds, and off you go. But that's actually what a lot of sport modes do. Sorry, sport modes do on, uh, on uh, automatic and paddle semi-auto gearboxes that sport mode just makes you seem like you're driving like a police officer that's because they hold the gears a bit too in much in fact they should they, call so. it police mode police mode p what's p mean i thought it was park no no police. Well, it's just got a little it's got like a little graphic of a policeman's helmet I suppose, <laughs> that looks like country, a bell though, be like, well, yeah, why is there a bell <laughs> well, bell mode well it sort of works it just makes you mode. sound like you're driving like a bell sport mode is bell mode that's exactly what it is it's like, oh, hang on, we're going to go for full cuff ankle tracky bottoms and vape mode now, and you're going to be aggressively <laughs> diving into the gap that you, that people have left in order to not tailgate uh, and holding it in the gear. You should yes. definitely do that. Rick Stein's late for his 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 boat that goes out to I don't know dredge a load of oysters up, um, so he's. <laughs> For his breakfast, I don't know what car does he use to like whiz down to the quayside ASAP in order to get on the Stein. Yeah, what do you reckon Stein drives? I don't know. I almost feel like he might have an old Defender because he's a bit sort of faux heritage, isn't he? I'm like, but you wouldn't be able to turn it around in any villages in Cornwall. Uh, Might with a ninety. Take you a while. The one ten. Yes. Have you driven to Cornishwall in your D ninety? No. 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 no, too too twee. I think the whole thing would become too. Would twee. it? Would it feel? You'd feel like you were too much of an outsider. Well, I am an outsider. Well, yeah, and I yeah. Would expect to have things thrown at me because of that. Um, but uh, it's <laughs> things <laughs> thrown at me. Eating a cream tea inside a retro coloured Defender. I don't like cream teas, but anyway, that's a conversation for another well, day. Well, talking it? of things that make it feel like your heart's going to break. Never mind your your espresso. Ice cream, um, having a cream tea, and then just oh, you feel like your throat's closing up. A little bit of heart just, murmur there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a little you know, bit. Of, you get to our age, you can't be too careful about these things. But um, on that side of things, yeah. On that side of exactly. things, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, before we wrap this up, I've got three things that uh, I'd like to tell you. Uh, they are one. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called the Bake Hake Show, in which Johnny finds a variety of ways to oven cook mild white fish. This week, it's uh, with garlic and capers, delicious. If you don't like that, then watch the Late Break Show, which is uh, an excellent YouTube channel about cars and has all manner of good things on it. When's your six R four video out? I believe it's the first of June, um, and we can talk about it another day. But I've driven one, and it was fun, and hot, fun, and smelly. Yeah. And definitely, See, I've driven an RS two hundred, but I've always wanted to drive a six R four. But my memory of the RS two hundred is hot, sweaty, but well, fun. We can compare notes. 
I've never Let's driven do an that RS next 200. Time. RS 200. Next time. RS. Uh, good. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that one. We'll talk about it once it's out later this week. I know. Um, the second thing I've got to tell you is that uh, we have merch and we have Father's Day merch because uh, Father's Day is coming up in... I don't know if it's... Is it American Father's Day as well? It's definitely British Father's Day Oh, gosh, Day I don't up. know if American Father's Day is the same. I No, I have a feeling that American and British Father's Days coincide, but it's the Mother's Days that don't for some confusing reason that I'm sure Hallmark cards are responsible for. But uh, if you are imminently expecting to celebrate Father's Day, then why not go to thelatebreakshow.com, go to the shop area and follow the Smith & Sniff Please do. button... And uh, we're selling cards. We've got a couple of Smith & Sniff Father's Day cards. We've got an On That Side of Things card and a and all that. There's other stuff. Card. There's bundles to be had as there's well. bundles. Bundles involving Brute, the unofficial fragrance of this prod, pod, <laughs> podcast. Podcast. Whatever. Um, yeah. So um, but, uh, bundles involving other bits of our merch, T-shirts, mugs, stickers, and everyone comes with a bottle of Brute. Yeah. Sadly, there's no deep Vs available, but we might maybe next we next Father's that, Day yeah. we'll get an embroidered deep V on the go. <laughs> we'll see a driving jumper. That's what we'll call it. Oh, driving a summer jumper. driving jumper. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, in the meantime, please do uh, go and buy uh, our Father's Day bundles or cards or any of the other bits of merch. And the third thing I've got to tell you is that uh, you may be familiar with the River Avon that flows through the historic city of Bath slash Bath and indeed through Bradford-on-Avon, the uh, town just next door. And you'll also be familiar with Stratford-upon-Avon, the home of William Shakespeare, the well-known writer. The funny thing is, those are different River Avons. Are they really? Yeah, they're not the same river. Why the hell didn't I know that? Well, I didn't know that until recently, and it slightly scrambled my mind. But um, oh my gosh. There are, apparently, there are five River Avons in England alone, and another three in Scotland, and there's one in Wales. And what's weird about that is that Avon is derived from the Celtic word Avon, A-F-O-N, which is still the Welsh word for river. So River Avon really means river, river. Oh, go and away. And the River Avon in Wales is known as the Avon Avon, which is literally river, river in Welsh. We we as human beings are stupid. <laughs> we do cock it up a we, bit. This don't is, we? I mean, and also, I'm sure that that Shakespeare, uh, William, he spent more time fishing than writing because there's a huge amount of fishing paraphernalia available made by Shakespeare. So I was always thinking, oh, maybe that's where he got his inspiration for writing plays from. He was constantly just trying to catch the ultimate tench, but then just thought, this isn't working. <laughs> So I'm going to write down some stuff while I'm waiting yeah. for the float to bob. Fuck it. He's going to think she's dead when she's really just asleep. That'll that'll get her on the edge of their that'll seats. Oh, right hang on. Now. The float's bobbing. I've got one on the line. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. There we go. Yeah. Historical insight. Just one of the reasons people have made Smith & Sniff Britain's number one automotive podcast. And thank you for that. Thanks to everyone for listening and for buying merch and yes. for being a patron if you are. Yes. We- and uh, we'll do this all again next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye now. Bye bye. Bye bye. I like bye bye. Bye bye is quite good, isn't it? Might do yeah. bye bye next time. I'll make a note of that. Remember to say bye bye. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.